You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, I'm going to ask the uh, listeners a question. Does anybody out there know where you can buy cheap laptop batteries? Because um, I've looked around, you know, like the, the usual suspects, laptopbatteries.com and all that kind of stuff. And uh, what happens with batteries is they give you a cheap price, but because they're really heavy, the shipping is as much as the battery on some on something. It's like for my UPS, I need a big like car battery. The car battery was fairly cheap, or the big UPS battery, but the shipping was like $45. So it's, does anybody out there know where you can get laptop batteries cheap and shipped cheap because uh, you need a laptop battery don't you i don't know yet we'll see i, I think you probably do it's a it's very th- small battery you've got like a gaming laptop an asus one and it's like a high-powered gaming laptop and the battery in it is really small compared to the mm-hmm. actual laptop which i always thought why didn't they put a bigger battery in there it seems like in fact i've got an asus net because i didn't order the bigger battery I ordered the smaller one because Oh, it was no, you cheaper. just bought it. You just bought it off no, the shelf. No, I had to choose. I could choose there at the store. There was one that had, like, loads more stuff, and one of the things was longer battery life. Does your laptop take a bigger battery? It just said bigger, Does longer battery bottom? life. So I don't know how big it was. I right. didn't look... It but it's very big. small, anyway. My, my netbook from Asus has the same size battery as your laptop from Asus, which is really odd because my netbook... You know, doesn't need much. But in the past, it lasted fine two hours, two and a half hours. It's still not a long time for a laptop. Most laptops nowadays, yeah, but even I've gaming had it for laptops, five years. four or five, four years, four or five hours. A two, one to two hours is not not a long. You know, it's almost like they concentrated on the uh, specs of it, make it really powerful, but then put a really shitty. Yeah, because you wouldn't battery. really be playing games. Yeah, but you do. It's it. a laptop. You do. It, you are going to go around with it too, right? So you do need a bit of both. Anyway, when you look for a new battery, maybe you can get a bigger one. It might stick out a little bit at the bottom, but if you mm, get double the time... Couldn't handle that, so I'll just probably go with the same thing. Well, I don't mean stick out as in... I mean, it has like a little bump, so it rests it up a little bit. It's like it, it, they just bump them. That would drive me crazy. To make it all uneven on the bottom? Well, it kind of like rests it usually make, gives it a better viewing angle actually. oh no that would drive me crazy that's what would have come with the better one that you was choosing probably like the st- sticky out battery because mm-hmm. on my netbook it has they have a flat one or a sticky out one the sticky out one lasts eight hours where the flat mm-hmm. one is four hours so anyone has any uh suggestions just drop me an email com. so this is after the show was number- that our after before the after the show discussion part of it i suppose it would be yeah because we said it before the show started. No, it's a public service announcement. <laughs> uh, me asking the public what would be the good... Because if you find a good a public place... public service request. That's where you buy your, your battery from, right? Because I am um, buying batteries and shit like that from the real... From Asus, for instance. It's the worst place to buy it from. Because they charge you the top dollar. So... Uh, it's Saturday, September the 22nd, 2012. This is after the show number 242. The movie we're looking at this week is Lola Versus, and it's a Blu-ray release. 
It's a 2012 movie released on uh, the 11th of September. It's R-rated. It's from our friends at Fox. And Sid Tarkia is going to give you the synopsis. Hmm. Young woman, well, 29-year-old young woman um, faces uh, changes in her life, relationship issues, and finding herself. And through a series of different kinds of relationships, has to get through a particular year of her life that seems challenging to her. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that is, it. That is it, really. Yeah. Um, and the genre of this, like... Um Comedy slash drama. Dr- dramedy, or whatever they call it, right? I don't even know what it would be called. I just think comedy, mostly. Yeah, but it's not like... It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, um, yeah but it's, it's a slightly different to a normal one. Anyway, Lola Versus. If you look to the cover for Lola Versus, you would think it was called... It has mm-hmm. a lot of words that look like the, the title of the movie. It's really odd. I, I looked at it as... What is the actual title? But it is just Lola Versus. Anyway, the movie itself. Um, so, romantic comedy-ish. Not your average romantic comedy, I don't think. And not always funny. Let me say that. Uh, I usually like these uh, indie kind of... Oh my god, that's good. I'm tasting some tea for the first time. Smaller... Um, Movies. And uh, yeah, it is. It's it's very low budget. Um less than make it small, less than a million dollars, I believe. Um movie. Or less than two million studio. Well no, actually not made by the big studio. Put out by a big studio. Right. Made by a independent group of filmmakers. So smaller movie. It's not a um Sex in the City or something like that. Right. Um, I usually like them, but this one, and I love the lead actress. In fact, I, I always have, I can always find something good in movies for me. And the lead actress in this movie, I find her a, a very good, like a star. You know, I really like watching her. I can't, you know. But the movie itself, this movie, I would describe it as generational, right? And I'm not the generation of it. Absolutely. So I feel left out of the joke almost. Absolutely. So the comedy, I'm not stupid, I get the comedy. But it's it doesn't tickle anything in me because I'm a 40-year-old, whereas this is... Man. And I don't believe this, she's 30, or almost 30. And it's aimed very squarely at that. And it's all, But the other thing is, it's, it doesn't feel real because I don't never connect with, like, New Yorkers who are, like, hip. Because this is what these people are, they're hip. Everything's a buzzword, you know. They're so f- they're, they're phony people to me. I know these people exist. I'm sure they do. Or Hollywood. I mean, they're not exactly like this. But this movie's just chock full of them, like stereotypes in that crew of people. And I can't really. Even though they toned down the stereotypes, they it do. still is like it's still a, all there. It's a very written character. So the I dialogue is very written. I can never bond with anything because it's all. Not even the parents who are in their 40s. I don't no. identify with them even. No, no, not at all. Like, everybody's childish almost. Like, and everybody's, you know, hipsters. It's like, it's 
the definition of hipsters. It's that. It's like everything cool or like eating what somebody food said was and cool. and wanting rice milk yeah, and eating that. grains and, and pigging out and on going micro, to the club. micro foods. Oh, let's go to this club because Yelp said that this is the, like in a yes. violent area. Or like, like it's all And people constantly was... picking up their phones and like... And I know that happens in real life. Sure. Um, but it's like this odd kind of... Pandering is what I felt like. It's this odd kind of like real life with this Hollywood envision thing of real life layered on top. And like without the extra step of, for example, baby mama, comedy, in your face comedy even. It's exaggerated, it's wacky at times, it's got like a little bit of slapstick, it's got outrageous characters, yeah. and yet it's got an undertone of an aging woman who wants a baby. So it's got that the heart that you're looking for, but it knows and the writers know and the director knows and the actors know we're going for that, and even bridesmaids, it's got the undertone of real relationship stuff, right? That's what these movies are all really about. And yet, it goes that extra step to be wacky, to be crazy, and so you can laugh at them because they are that enough exaggerated. Where you and I don't love stereotypes. Sometimes you they they have to acknowledge it, but in this movie, oh, yeah. everyone is taken as if that is a real person type. And I wouldn't say I don't. What I didn't identify with was that, and, you know, I'm going to sound super bitchy right now. I don't give a shit. It's really hard to sympathize with the beautiful, charming, very cool, very adaptable young woman who has her choice in pickings of any man she wants, and this gorgeous young man breaks it off with her. She then screws around with a best friend who's fantastic, finds another handsome, kind of weird, but wealthy kind of guy. And, oh, poor her. Yeah, there is she no... She can't I, find herself. Actually, there is no... She um, can't pick. She can't find out why she's screwing up. And it's just like, oh, my God, seriously? And I don't... I was never that person. I never had the pick of the litter. Never had... I've never even... I left my first husband, though, I guess. But... The relationship thing, it's just so... They're not even taking it as funniness. It's super... But then again, if you and I were 25 or 26, would we be laughing our heads off at every little joke? Right, okay. So, like, let's let's compare, like, something that's generational to us that we find funny still to this Bridesmaids, day. Bridesmaids, I felt, was. Well, no. I'm, I'm thinking something like The Breakfast Club, let's say. When we were that oh, age, okay, at that age, yeah, when we were that age, it was me. It was spoke to me and you as people, right? I mean, it didn't speak to me as much as you because it was American, and but it spoke, or you know, Ferris Bueller. It speaks to you at that age, like it's everything. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I've always wanted to do that, or I did do that. Oh, wow, yeah. So this is speaking to. But if my mother watched it at the time. Should be like, oh yeah, my God. yeah. Now, so I'm not saying we're old footy duddies. So we watch a movie that's ten years um, too young for us and go, oh God, we don't, I don't comprehend people who are ten years. The, it's not that. It's New York. It's the way they portray New York. In fact, I don't want to ever go to New York if it's like that. Like, Why? What do you mean? Like the way they portray New York in this movie and in some and things like Sex in the City or you know this love it this this weird or like, Friends. Yeah, fr- actually, this is kind of like Friends a bit. It's just a newer kind of... This over... Let's stop, though, and say it's a well-made movie. 
Everyone does a good job, I think. It's well I made. I actually think it's... Um, it looks nice. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. There good are good music. things about it. Yeah. Um, I like the music. I like this, the uh, cinematography. I, I just think it's quite beautiful at, at times. But back to New York. New York. Um, not New York itself, because it looks like an interesting city. I'm just talking about the people who live in New York. If they're all like these people in this movie, I don't want anything to do with them. Because they're all full of themselves. It's all about them. I mean, she's completely self-obsessed. Everybody is, really. They're about themselves, a friend. And I don't like anybody. Like I, th- I think that's the thing. I come out of this movie and I'm like, do I like anybody? Well, I like Greta Gerwig, but not the character. I like her, the actress. Bill Pullman. I love Bill Pullman. I don't like who he's no, playing. I mean, the mother was all right. No, was but I, I, I liked. I like Bill Pullman's acting. I always do. I even like him acting in this. But I don't like his character. It's, you know, it's no wonder she's like she is. I mean, yeah, that might be part of it. This is why she... Well, even her mother says, doesn't yeah. she, at one point? We kind of... The father did. It's kind, yeah, it's kind of our fault, like... But still, I don't like anybody. I don't care about any of these relationships. If they go wrong, go right, whatever. And nothing fits. The curly-headed friend with her doesn't fit. No. The friend with the friend doesn't fit. And that, maybe that's the point, that she nothing fits and that she can't figure anything out because she keeps making all these wrong choices. Oh, I mean, even her friend and his and the boyfriend and the friend's friend, right, they don't yeah. fit either. Yeah, nothing. and I don't ever feel any chemistry between any of those love things. They try super hard to make the friend like this over-the-top... Um, clown of the bunch who's like you know got the trying to be funny all the time but it's not it's less yeah. than funny and then you you know they drop in this that weird dude with the big penis <laughs> i actually liked him because it was so weird like, yeah because it went the extra mile like, of making him a, a caricature yeah. of an odd fellow and everyone else was just a little bit not not enough you know I mean there's a thing that intangible thing again that is really hard to describe as you're watching and you're thinking oh that just can she just be a little mm, that was a little too or not enough this or whatever and the stories I know it's it's a place of a year of a life but it meanders all over the place and then I ultimately okay I get the I get it but I'm, I wasn't invested in it. I was almost like, well, yeah. In fact, the first 20 minutes felt like the trailer to me. Yeah. It was like this constant, the background music was just like trailer music. And it ran throughout, there's all these sequences. Even through the opening sequence and the title. And then it kept going. And I'm thinking, it's like these little 10 second, blip, blip, did it, did it. And I felt at any moment a voiceover going, you know. What's it, whatever name is, Greta is living in the city and having a hard time finding herself this fall in 2012. You know, like, the first, I bet the good third of it, I just felt it was going, like, I, I think it, I think, like, apart from the fact that it's well-filmed and the acting, the actors are good, I think, across sure. the board. The, the, it's the characters and the writing, for me, that I don't like. I mean, the writing might be fine, and it's very... Like I say, if you're that age and you live in New York City, maybe you get a lot of it. Like, maybe it is funny to you. And maybe you do think it's hilarious that we're eating at a, what, a microbiological... Yeah, like her pigging out is on pigging out rice muesli chips or, and muesli. Yeah. And it's like, okay, are you trying to make the the person that the girl in real life like her is supposed to be? So that when she's broken up with... Or are you making fun with, of it? 
Yeah, but true. But we don't know as an audience, like, is... I, is the comedy that you're making fun of those kind of people? Like in but- Bridesmaids, the friend, the new friend, you're making fun of these perfect, pageanty, right. smiley, happy women. And then you get to know her. They take the time to give you her story and her background, and they give you good dialogue with her. And then you go, oh, right, well, she is outrageous, and yet there's a person under that character. You know, and then this, you, I never get, like... Yeah, and, and what the point I was trying to make I don't there sympathize is, with if, anybody. yeah, well, the point I was trying to make is, if the joke is, aren't these people hilarious because they care about like, you know, they'd pick out a muesli, like that's as far as they'd go, or they'd, you know, go to a bar that says it might be a violent bar because they're trying to be risky, or yeah, if that's if you're making fun of that, saying, oh yeah, there are people in New York who like do it's that, it's super kind of, pretentious, and it's hilarious. Well, then don't. You can't populate your entire movie with those characters and expect us to care about them. Like, because you're actually... If think, you are poking fun I think them. the dark-headed curly friend is the one who's supposed to be maybe the most just straightforward. He is what he right. is. But then he's again, not, he's still that weird Yeah, because he's kind know. of geeky yeah. and yet he's in the punkish kind of band. It's, and somehow he ends up with the two different women kind of everybody's pawning like, over him. Everybody's... It's a stereotype. Of a stereotype, it's weird. It's it, and I've I've failed to see the humor a lot of the time. I was like, yeah, they're trying to be funny in this part. It's not a relationship part. It's a funny part. This is a funny part, but I ain't laughing at it. Like, and I know I'm not the type to laugh out loud at movies, but even inside, I'm not laughing at it. Because like, like, why is it funny? It's it's like funny. Like oh god, like. Okay, you see her with a bag of muesli in her arms, and she's just chomping, chomping down on it because she's depressed, and now she's pigging out. Power eating. Okay, now that's funny. However, we have nothing to establish up to this point. Nothing's been built about her that tells us anything else, like, that tells us anything about that. It's just like something plucked from modern culture that you've stuck on her. Right? Like she's this, like somebody's taken a board and said, okay, here's our lead lead actress. And write all these pin notes and stick them on a board. Instead of going, okay, do we have any, even if it's as, even if it's as boring and expected as saying she was maybe an overweight girl. She used to love cake. And when she was a girl, like tell my story where she only went to birthday parties so she could stand by the birthday cake, you know, or she only goes to weddings to eat the birthday cake. And now... Now when she's gone to therapy, so she realizes, well, I can't eat cake when I pig out, so I guess I'll go eat muesli. That would make it funnier to me, because it's like she's, it's funny to her even. And that, the people who make... That she didn't go to the cake shop, she went to the health food store. But there's none of that. It's but more the people like, who make this movie would say to you, that, well, that's just lowest common denominator correct. humor that you're, you <laughs> want. You want bridesmaids, and they, we're higher than that. But I don't want bridesmaids again. But, I want. But this. you know what yes, I'm saying. Yes, That's exactly. what they say. You, want... you go and see a Judd Apatow movie. We are we are way I above. I even that. love Judd Apatow movies. But what, that's yes. what they, they'd say to you. And but then again, Judd Apatow movies they might appeal to you know a certain group. You but are. I find funniness in them. They're funny, right? Because they this. take that thing. They commit right. to being wacky. Yeah. And. And, and the heart. heartfelt at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. This one has a lot of heart because as a woman, I can understand. I have friends who've been through relationship things and, you know, attractive friends who do have... Like, I, I can't... I, okay. 
yes, I've been in a bar in my 20s. I've always been very round. And I've been in bars where men will buy you drinks and try to fuck you, basically, right? But I'm not the kind of woman who walks into a deli and the first guy behind me starts trying to pick me up because I'm beautiful and blah, blah, blah. This is like a burden to her. Yeah, it is, yeah. A, a, a handsome dude comes up, looks well off, and starts to hit on her. She's like, look, I can't really be hit on right now. I'm, I'm in a really bad place in my life. And I'm thinking, really? Like, who identifies with this? That's why it's all... the. Like I say, you can't... Again, I'm going to sound like a complete bitch, but these are real... You have to live in... The feeling doesn't tap into you I all think the you time. Have to, I think the people who live in New York City... Like, you know, we see a lot of New York City-based things, and I can think of them off the top of my head, like like you say, Friends is New York City, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sex in the City, you know, where it's... Or in LA, you get the same kind of vibe a lot. Yeah, where it's played a certain way and when I watch it I always think really are people like that in those places because they don't seem very real this entire movie like I say nobody seems real some of the emotions seem real at times to me like it's because she plays a good definitely part but then it's real uneven because like sometimes I'm like oh really would she do that and then I'm like you know like when she's yep like when she goes off her head oh she's going off her head she goes to a strip club and she's drunk a 40 of yeah, I'm like, really? Gallon of that, that doesn't seem realistic. And then, on the other hand, she, there's real tender moments with her when she's talking to a friend or to some of the men in her life. So that's where I... Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Because there's, no, the there's nothing that's been established. And I'm not saying I don't, li- I don't like surprises from characters, because I do. But when you're telling a story of a person that you're supposed to... Like, they even acknowledge in the extras, this is a, a character who has to carry every scene... Throughout this entire movie, right? She's the centerpiece of it all. It's about her. It's Lola versus. So to hop, skip, and jump from this... And also, like, the one thing where the father addresses it and she opens up by saying, maybe I don't like change, I don't want my life to change. And then that's all That's all we get about that part of her. We, need to, we need to build up to see her... Not liking change, not liking things to be shaken up, not liking things to be thrown at her, so that when she does go off her head, maybe out of the blue, then we go, oh, why? That's that makes more sense. I feel I connect to her now. It's not just like going blah, back blah, to bride character. <laughs> when Kristen Wiig does go off her head, yeah, we we know enough about her at that point for it to seem fully valid. Yeah, in this. That whole scene where she's where she's off her head, where she's getting drunk and she's being crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. It's funny. It's very funny. And it's but it don't. It, it needs a little bit of history. It's funny, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. She wouldn't. I don't think she would do that. It, like when Bridget Jones ran out of, in the snow, you you're you're yeah, like oh god, point, but you're you totally expect it. absolutely. You are ready for it almost that she's going to embarrass herself that she's lost her inhibition because you've you've lived with her and you've seen enough of her pain and i think we see some of her pain but then again i realize and this isn't to say it doesn't have to be this way but a dude said he the dude who wrote it said i wanted to write a story about a young woman in this situation which i found interesting it is interesting it's not impossible obviously harry potter's written by oh, Throughout the ages, obviously. Yeah, I did like that. But yeah. to focus so intimately on a story about a young woman who's coping with... That's why, to me, everything seemed a little bit like a post-it note stuck on her. Like, here's the form of a young woman in, in New York City, in her, and she's 29. 
oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if she picked out on muesli? And wouldn't it be hilarious if she and couldn't pick between three guys? And here are the three guys. Oh, yeah. One of them's like a model type. And one of them's like a geeky guy. And one, one of them's, them's like his a weirdo. best friend. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing and, there. And let's have a really quirky friend for her. Is she quirky or is she, is she common? Like, that's what I want to know. Well, uh, she's common because there's always a quirky friend. In generally, in mouthy, kind of mouthy, in these type of things, because you're supposed to go, oh, she's so different. Some of the so. best scenes were like when I keep calling her Gerwig, whatever her name is in the movie, Greta. Lola, Lola. Is her name in the movie. When she's laying on the floor and the friend comes in and she kind of drops that persona for a minute when she rubs her arm and bring. That's like, I'm like, that's it. That's the friend. That's the person I want to see. She's let go of all of the ha ha. Aren't I funny? And then when she goes over and smokes pot with the ex-boyfriend, I thought, even though it was, like, Out of movie, it was, but it was where they dropped all the pretense, and they kind of became, like, okay, I get it, they've broken up, but they want to have a, a time to where they just kind of hang out and go, what is all that, we don't hear what they're saying, because there's music over the top of it, but I felt more connected to them in that moment than some of their dialogue moments because it was so theatrical sometimes. What I think is somebody, well, whoever wrote and designed this had a very... Let's hit the bullet points for all of this. Yeah, very pointed. Like, you know what? Sex in the City does all that stuff cool. Like, let's do this. Let's cover that. Let's... I'm not saying that particularly. I'm just yeah. saying they yeah. went through a list of things what women... What are supposed to portray that women, modern women... And they just stick all, like you say, stick all the bullet points on the board and say, we have to hit all of them. Let's. She goes through a change. She starts off in a dream. She ends up changed. Maybe. Maybe not. Correct. <laughs> you know, well, apparently, just on the surface, she's changed all of a sudden. Like, she's, you know, she makes this realization and forgives everybody. And I think it has that thing that Juno had for you, where you liked Juno, but it was so overly written. I was often. just about to mention Diablo Cody, right? Exactly, because adult, young adult. I like Diablo thing. Cody's stuff, because I like the subjects. She covers subjects that are, like, young adult, I think, is mm-hmm. really interesting. Isn't Charlize Theron amazing? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to throw it's that an out interesting, there. Amazing. Um, it is an interesting, like... Most people don't want to talk about that kind of thing, but she'll just hit it head on in a movie. Whereas this doesn't really hit anything head on. And, and but it, what if you were a twenty-nine-year-old young woman yeah, living in the city? Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Who's had a, so, a series of relationships and nothing's working. So this out. movie's made for like a couple of thousand girls who live in a particular <laughs> women. Place. Women who live in a particular place, and it's fine, you know. But it doesn't hit any. And like I said, Diablo Cody. I like her stories and stuff, but she's sometimes she layers on too much of her or her, yeah. like a, I, I like to call Snappy it dialogue. bullshit. Like the let's make words up for things and like that. Well, this doesn't do that overtly, but underneath the surface, I feel like it's trying to do it all the time. Like so, I'm I'm kind of going, oh god, that just that dialogue sounds fake. It sounds like you're reading lines. It's Nobody interacts like that. Or maybe I've just never met these people and they're just there. And they're only there. You know, or in the minds of t- um, film executives. Yeah, exactly. Or in the mind of a writer who might experience some very pretentious people. And then you slice off the, ver- the thinnest exterior of how these people behave. And then that's all you have. You wrap it around your character and there's nothing, there's nothing else there. Lola... 
what you know of her is she was raised in the city. Her parents might have been hippy-dippy-ish, or maybe they were ravers because we're past the hippy-dippy age. Um, you kind of know that, but it's really a hard climb to get there. And she's becoming more conservative than her parents, maybe. That's kind of what they're hinting at. But there's nothing that's established except I'm a 29-year-old woman. And it's all the catalyst, which is really what annoys me. The catalyst is someone broke up with her. She didn't make a change. She didn't... She's, you know, you're starting out by saying that the planets are aligning a certain way. Therefore, my life is going to go this direction. And then they're trying to then rein that in near the end where she's taking responsibility. But in fact, it's all because of other people and things. And that, I think, kind of bothers me I also felt like it didn't feel... But then throughout, I'm like, it's beautiful. I really like her. Well, I didn't feel like they they followed through on every theme that they introduced either. Like... Like the beginning part. With yeah, the, she's doing yoga on the beach, and then yes, and it's really nice. And you're like, okay, let's yeah. get a few of these moments maybe to revisit. She does yoga again later. I feel but- like they just drop some themes, like, and then you are like, okay, I understand how films work. We're going to come back to that moment because that that's a a grasping. That's a moment. We <laughs> maybe start. we're too molded. Yeah, well, that's a moment we start, and so we're going to revisit that. But then they don't. But then you know, yeah, they could just trying to be. But um, I think this is my problem. I like things to be completely unexpected. Or follow a, a good storytelling model. Tree of Life is, is like, it's like you turn around and you go, what the hell is going on? And I love that about that movie. It, it comes at you from every end uh, inception. Those are movies that the story, the way they've told the story, you're almost immediately set up to go, okay, this is a roller coaster ride with my eyes closed. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what, where they're coming at me from. And I love that. Whereas you you start to watch Bridesmaids and you know exactly what's coming at you, right? You know... Yeah, it's just going to be a wacky And comic. it's good, too. So the where somebody files for me, I feel like it's just this. I haven't connected with the person. And I always say that's my main problem with a movie. Almost always. If I connect to a character and I care, I can forgive a lot. Yeah, I can, too. And while I connect with Greta Gerwig, because I've liked her, she's still the same... This is the same character we've seen. When the person said in the extras, she's a chameleon, she's different in every movie. I disagree. Did you want to reach to the screen and say, what are you talking about? She's identical in every movie, and that's kind of why I I like what she did in Greenberg. And then she did that again in Arthur, and then she did that again here, only slightly... It is slightly different. Yeah, slightly, but what what was different were the thing with the bar and the stripper thing. That's what was supposed to be so different about her. It's That's not what I would want. Performance I would want all of it to be that way. I want us to see in the beginning she's kind of uptight. She wants things to be the same. She wants a structured life. And now the rug's been pulled out un- from under her. And, and the rest H- of it is like, her resolving this by not picking out on muesli, but picking out on cake. You know, and like I just just trying everything. Like yes, yes. She doesn't. She she continues in a structure that her parents have kind of put upon her and stuff. Like oh, it's been. And then in one night, she kind of goes boom, 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 yeah. and then she wakes up and in her hallway, and then everything's fine again. Yeah. I hate to pick on it because it's an enjoyable movie. I I get the story at its heart that in life, if your plans are changed for you, it could be very disruptive. Um, it's just it doesn't feel disrupted enough. The funny thing is, I, I mean, think if I even have friends who have had, I've had friends who've been married 20, 25 years, 
a lot of them 14, 15, 20 years, a couple of, uh, most everyone's been divorced and, and married again or starting other relationships. But there wasn't this sort of like this going on, even in at, at the age of 30 or whatever. There was none of this like... Because everyone had, they weren't so self-absorbed. You know what I mean? Like, that's, life that, was going I, I on. I think that's the problem of this. Nobody's got kids. Nobody's, they're all... Maybe well, that's I, something we don't identify there's no with kids. either. That nobody. generation's... Yeah, nobody, nobody in this movie has kids. Yeah, she's the only daughter of anybody. And she's a 29-year-old. <laughs> and she would definitely have friends who have kids. Some of, some friends who have kids. You would think, uh, yes. Yeah. In a, yes. So it, there's another, like, on a, you know... And if you're saying, oh, well, they're too cool to know people with kids or whatever. Like, um, not up in the air, because that was George Clooney, but the other one where it said, where it had the guy from Office, American Office, and Paul's woman, Paul Thomas Anderson's woman. That one had a great, that one was a good example of a movie that had a little tiny bit of weirdness now and then. Funny But people. a heart, no, no. The one where they're traveling around to see where they want to live. Cause she's oh, pregnant. yeah, yeah, yeah. Open away. Yeah, open away. Where it's, you're introduced to lots of different kinds of people. Some of them pretentious. Some of them expected. And yet it had a... Oh, that had a heart to it. Absolutely. A heart. And I was ready for the unexpected, even. Like some weird little things happened and here and there. Have some. And I cared about them. Can't explain why. But it had a, enough balance. Like they I had think... a couple of really weird kind of pretentious friends. And then they had like, quote unquote down to earth kind of people in this movie everyone's like you said because everybody's a everyone's hipster. a sketch everyone yeah. is like a bullet point yes absolutely like, like we hear the word hipster oh hipsters 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 I don't know any hipsters I don't actually know what a hipster is but I think it's these people <laughs> and I don't like them <laughs> I mean it's a funny group of people to me I can't they don't seem like human beings they seem they seem prejudice against hipsters I think so they seem plastic yeah, like there's no actual real life involved. They're center. They're all the center of the universe. Each person in this, while they try and show they care about the other person, I don't even feel like they do because there's a moment where she has not been friends with a quirky friend for a while, and they look at each other and she says, "I love you," and they hug, and they still are weird to me. Like, does she? Does she? Uh, I don't know if we do love each other. I don't. It it's all seems very. Because there's no, there's no... There's a look on the faces where it's like, oh yeah, we're making up here, but are we making up? Um, I don't get it. Are we like, too traditional then in thinking that we have to have, when we're watching our movies and getting these stories, that background thing where we're, we're not taking the cues like we should. We should just take, when you said she has a look on her face, ah, good enough for me. Right. But I feel like I want something a I mean, little more rich. I understand it. You can do it briefly like that, but I'd prefer a bit of meat in the... Uh... I hate to keep bringing up Bridesmaids, but even in Bridesmaids, when she meets the sister, the kind of large, very brash woman, you're with her the whole movie. You see a different a range of things from this very loud, very kind of obnoxious woman, right? The, mm. And yet I'm... I'm I'm there. I'm like, I get it. I see why she acts the way she acts. I see why she wants to be friends with her. I can. I, I care about what's going to happen to her. Because I've had time with her. Just, I think that's my problem with all of these people. Even with Lola, the time we're spending with her is all about... It's about her. But it's about her needing other people to do... Get, I don't know. And so she even admits it. So let's say, if you're a hipster, you live in New York City, you're of a certain age, you're a female, possibly. 
I don't think males will enjoy this as... I think it's aimed oh, at... Oh, I disagree. I think I it's think, aimed at females. I think there's going to be an age of males who are involved They're in the lifestyle. They're going to be some, but I'm saying totally I think the it. movie is aimed at females, even though it's a written and directed by a male. I think he's saying, I know enough about females to write a movie for females. I know 20 bullet points. So it's very specific. <laughs> it's a very... Um, to me, the people who it will click with, and they'll be like, this is my um, breakfast club, this is my... It's a very, very, very small. They're older than Breakfast Club, but I see what you're saying. But I mean, this is my generational movie that changes me. It it, it shapes me. It connects with me. There are people who it will, sure. But it's so small and it's so limited. And and everybody else who's in on this, like me and you watching this, I don't feel like I'm privy to this. Like I feel like I'm okay. Maybe there are people like this. Maybe there aren't people like this. I'm watching these people. But then how do you connect with Bridget Jones? Because you like Bridget Jones movies. Well, partially because it's got the British sense of humour to it. I mean, Um, as a character. Well, she's really rounded. Not not meaning... You mean you get to know more about her? Yeah, yeah, you do. She's, it's... But she's a woman, aging, not middle-aged, she's like in her... 20s? Approaching 30, maybe. I can't remember how old she's supposed to be. I think she's roughly this age, right? Right. Or is she 40? But it's very specific, you know? It is, but it's more played for laughs, whereas this, you don't know what it's played for, because it's playing for different things all the time. It's played for, you're 28, you're a little young woman, and you were supposed to get married last year, and the guy broke it off with you, and you're sitting with a tub of... Ice cream, probably not muesli, in front of the DVD player, watching this movie with a box of Kleenex, and you're going, they, they totally understand. And that's what me. that's who Bridget Jones is also aimed at. But Bridget Jones is in cheek also all the time, right? You know it's kind of wacky because she'll be in wacky situations. It'll be exactly improbable on occasion. And exactly, stuff. you know that that's what you're going to get from Bridget Jones. This. It's never quite established what you're getting. Oh, the parents are kind of wacky. Uh, is it, are we going into wacky territory? They, but they're not wacky enough. Oh, the you know the the, the friend is pretty wack. Yeah, but and now she's at a strip bar on the pole, and everybody. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's like all over the place. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I never know when to like go. Okay, now is the time to like be. Uh, I'm getting to the emotions of these people, and now is the time that they're being funny. And when they are being funny, like I said earlier. I don't find it actually that funny. In fact, I smirked, sniggered maybe three times. Like, just There's some uncomfortable things in the beginning, which are kind of funny. And, yeah. But, yeah, it's a f- kind of a failure to me. And I really... I see Greta Gerwig on the cover, and I was like, I really like her. I want to see this. Was she the girl in Arthur, or was that a different girl? She was in Arthur, yeah. Okay. The and, new Arthur. and I was like, yeah, this is not for me at all. Like, I... You know, and I like this kind of filmmaking. I, I, I do like a relationship drama or, a, you know, a, a look at a slice of life, which is what this is. Then like, you could say Greenberg, which is, is pointed at you, maybe. A man, late 30s, 40, having a crisis of some kind. That's very specific as well. And yet, it somehow... Just better done. Cracks written. it. Yeah, and it's not, it's not... I didn't love it, love it, but I really enjoyed it. She's in it, which is another reason I'm bringing it up. But it's also pointed at a p- specific type of character. He's very self-indulgent. He's very wrapped up in himself. You know, all that kind of stuff. And yet it... I don't know. It opens up and It has up. a heart to it. And that's what we yeah. were saying. There isn't a heart to this movie. I mean, Greta Gerwig's heart, maybe. <laughs> but there's no heart in any of these characters. 
if they all died at the end, and that's not a spoiler, because unfortunately they don't. They don't. <laughs> it wouldn't matter to me, because I'd be like, oh, Greta Gerwig, yeah, I like her a lot, but that character, so I don't care. Don't care. That's the key, isn't it? If you don't care about these people. I wasn't, like, rooting for any... And then at the end, where we get a bit of a resolution from everybody, like in this nicely it's wrapped so up... lazy. Let's put a bow on top oh and my pull God. it tight. It was this lazy, like, oh, I'm kind of having a very pretentious picnic in the park for my birthday party. I never have one of these, so I must be changed. (laughs) We sound really awful. But that's what it feels like. And they put this bow on top and, oh, look, here's handsome man and here's friend and and everybody's friendly and it's all lovely. And And that is a spoiler. And she's happy with herself. And that's where I, you know. But she's never unhappy with herself. No. She's never, like, Bridget Jones, at least, identifies... With a lot of women because she's like looks at herself. She's somewhat overweight. She decides to get in shape. Yeah, and this girl's like da, 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 da. extremely hot the entire this time. This girl is um, unbelievably beautiful, and I don't have a problem with that. Except we're not even acknowledging her insecurities, and every woman has them. She's beautiful, but she's going to have something where she's. She did never acknowledge. She no, never looks. She never at her acknowledges or... her weak her her own feelings of like why. What do I need to address other than this emotional thing? Which maybe that's why it seems so obnoxious because it's all about the analyzing. You know, she goes to a th- hypnotherapist or something like that at one point, and he says, "I don't want to go to a therapist in the extra." So you know they're kind of swimming in that world. Well, let's go to a therapist. Well, let's. Fortunately, we don't have long therapy scenes in this. Movie. No, no, no. Because that could have really got my nerves. Like so. Hello. I do have a friend who said that her boyfriend's ex-wife and him, part of their marriage was, from the day they got married, they had to start going to, to marriage counseling. She insisted in order for them to know how to be married to each other. And now he uses all of that kind of psychological shit on my friend because she, she's in a relationship with him now. So maybe he's one of the people and his ex-wife would be existing in this world of like hypersensitive, super... Me, me, me kind of world. Anyway, um, so let's move on to the cast quickly. Greta I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> she probably doesn't know. She'll she know. <laughs> so Greta Gerwig plays Lola. She's the best thing about this movie. Um, I want to see her in other movies, but not these type. Thank you. Or maybe better ones of this type. Yeah. I don't know. But this type, I, whatever it is about this movie, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. But it I do like her better. performance. You could have taken this script in this movie and made it better. Yeah. It is, as it's, as but it her is. performance is, is not bad in any way, shape, or form. She does exactly what she's supposed to do with the thing, with what she's given. I like her. She, When they say she seems natural or whatever, I think that's what I get from her. Like, she, like she's... Uninhibited often, and that's good. Yeah. Which she has been in the other two movies we've seen around. And we've got Joel Kinnaman as Luke, you know, a handsome bloke. Um, he didn't do anything for me at all. Any less. Nothing. Hamish Linklater as uh, Henry. He was like all I think right. he'd be my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, but I, he's also a bit of a prick because he. But kind again, of, <laughs> no, nobody's rounded enough for me to like them. So they, they don't. We see him in a handful of scenes. I don't get him fully. Like, oh, he, he plays in this band and. But I don't get him fully because you've never told yeah. me anything about him. You just show me his haircut and what he looks like and then expect me to, oh yeah, that's that guy. Best friend, quote unquote. Yeah, like let's, we're going into <laughs> the friends thing again. Like he's that guy. Best from friend friends. to end up having sex with and then maybe a relationship with, blah, blah, blah. That's yes. another bullet point, isn't it? So he's not bad. It's just I didn't get a chance to like him. 
because of the character. Zoe Lister Jones is Alice. She did a good job with what she was given as well. She did the sort of weird, quirky, she held it together every time. Her scenes were like, it's just, it's too, in the context of how they tried to give the tone of this movie, it's not right. If you put, if you'd cranked up everybody else a little bit, she would have been, she's actually And I understand why they did it, because you see it in a lot of movies where they go, let's have this character who's so left field, it'll feel interesting and funny when they appear because like nobody would want to deal with this girl all the time but here she is like and she's outrageous yeah but she's not but she's not outrageous enough no um well you could say she is compared to everybody else but she's not wacky or anything she's just i liked it when she just started wiping her whole body with a baby wipe in the middle (laughs) of a party and i'm gonna go clean my vagina yeah it's not don't you just clean your vagina sometimes like it's like there's no so it that feels lazy because it's just like, let's be really crude with this character. But then it doesn't match anything in the whole movie. Like, it's... Yeah. There's no reason for it except here's a joke. Yeah. So then you've got the parents. Bill Pullman plays Father Lenny and Deborah Winger plays Robin. They're good parents. I mean, <laughs> they're good. But they're highly successful. They seem to have a lot of money. They yeah. have a successful restaurant. They're going on another trip. They've been on many trips. And I like Bill Very Pullman's style. Very hard to identify of- with. I've always liked Bill Pullman. I think he's, like, natural. He just, like... Yeah. I don't ever feel like... He's, he's always the same, though, too. He is always me. the same, but he does really good what he does, right? If he's, if he's the president or if he's whoever he is, right? <laughs> I just like how he pulls things off. And in this, it's a different character to what he's been before. Um, it could have been anybody. It's almost like um, Dustin Hoffman in The Fockers, isn't it? It's that character. But, yes. but a bit toned down. Like, the, like we're the, supposed to, from what he tells us, flashback to his youth where he, he and his wife were probably kind of wacky and crazy and open yeah. and blah, all In this fact, stuff. they're the fucker's parents, but they're dialed down and pretentious up. Right? <laughs> yes. Those ones. I mean, they are. They're those two characters, but but like... With you a, don't mean the Fockers' parents. No, oh, yeah, they the, are the, the Fockers' Hoffman parents. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. They're right. those two, but not as wacky. Barbara Streisand. If you made them wacky, maybe the movie would be better. Yeah, that's why the Fockers works better, even though you can sit there and you know straight out, it, this is silly. It's just, yeah. yeah. I think we've tapped into something here. Right. So. But if you can find a medium that works, that's fine, too. I don't like things to always be structured and follow the rules. It's just that there's a hit and miss in there. Yeah. And then directed by Daryl... Oh, Wing- Deborah Winger was my favorite in, in the whole movie. She was fine. She was nat- She was comfortable. So small, yeah. But it was, she was the best in terms of... <laughs> there wasn't a lot of love between them, though. She wasn't very lovey with her daughter. Yeah. I have a mother who's was, very lovey-dovey. Be, I thought she was, like, just... Disinterested sometimes. Yeah. And like, you're fine. You'll be fine. But she was, in terms of her character-like... I think and, I liked And the problem that. was, like, the Bill Pullman and Deborah Winger characters, they've, they've got so little uh, screen time in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. It felt like they were just on a one-day, let's get all their scenes shot and then like, deal with the rest of the movie. And it's supposed to explain to you why maybe Lola is the way she is, but then my question now that I'm thinking about is, what is she? That's the point, right? She's confused. Right. Directed by Daryl Ween, who has directed one other film, Breaking Upwards, that I did not see. It was a couple of years ago. Um, like I say, whoever did the director of photography and stuff, it, it, I think it looks, looks really, really well. Because, nice. yeah, it, there's, there are some parts where I was, like, amazed. Where she was just lying down on the floor in the apartment and the light was streaming yeah. through. I love moments like that. It reminds, you know, that's like... 
stuff you don't see in Hollywood movies. It's more raw, like... And there's there's a lot of that in the mm-hmm. movie. And then there's a lot of Hollywood-looking parts, too, isn't it? It's yep. a mishmash of stuff. So I don't know the... Di- I, I can't say if the director's good, because I don't like the product. Like he wrote and directed it, so... Right. That's his stamp, is what we've been saying. Is this lack of... Commitment to yeah. one thing or Lack the other. Lack of substance a little bit. Um, a moneymaker movie that you cannot argue with. It's going to appeal to a certain audience that's going really, to love it. It's so small, though. And that's the thing. It's not It's not a moneymaker movie, and it's not a indie movie. It's It's like in this nomad, everything. Is... No, I mean, moneymaker as in, it doesn't have a lot to say in terms of being like a, a movie someone was passionate about. Like when I think of trust that David Schwimmer directed, it's a movie that he cared so deeply about the subject mm. that you can, it's palpable in the movie. To me, it was. You could you could feel telling this story means something to someone. It wasn't oh. out there. It's not out there to make loads of money. It will, maybe, but you felt it. Like, it was a project. The one about the cult we watched. The couple, Absolutely. Martha, Mar- you May felt Mar- like somebody has yeah, something to somebody, say. Somebody wants this to cover one, the subject. to me is a moneymaker movie, which I don't have a problem with at all. It's just that those are the ones that often have that... that You can't touch the the thing that's wrong with it. So, in conclusion on the movie... Well, do you, let's just go Blu-ray extras. Not, there's not many Blu-ray extras. The weird extras. thing is, I did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Even after all that. There are some extras here. You get deleted scenes and an alternate ending. The alternate ending was... It's it, not really an alternate No, it's it. not really, is it? It's, it's just less of an ending. Less of an ending to the... You know when I said about the wrapped up in a bow thing? It's mm-hmm. less wrapped up in a bow, the alternate ending. So, Well, the bad? real ending has no wrapped up in a bow either. She just I just mean where they go, silence. here's this guy, here's <gasps> She's that guy. sitting in silence. Yes, yeah, right, that's what it is. Which is her dissertation. Which, again, is an idea that, that just is, falls flat. That is like, let's... Oh, we're talking about this idea, we're talking about this idea, and then there's no payoff for the idea. And that's what happens a lot in this movie, right? Yeah. Um, so you get that. You get outtakes. You get um, also you get Fox Movie Channel presenting character with Greta Gerwig. You get the world premiere thing. You get the filmmakers. These are all very short featurettes that um, are shown on the Fox Movie Channel, and they're very common to be on these type of movies because I don't think they make many extras for this kind of movie because there's no budget to do it. So they just make promotional things. Oh, there's no reason. Well, they make promotional things. Well, they. Any movie, any movie make, could it's have a, cheap to make extras. Come any on. movie could have a documentary film team on the set. You don't even have to have a team. Have one guy with a camera that all follows the, all people the, around. Well, he'd be called, but that that one guy. Any movie could have that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think some movies get a budget to do that at all. Obviously, they want to document Titanic because somebody wants to see the entire thing being made, right? But something like this, nobody calls that. So all you get is these promotional featurettes and they're the kind of thing that you see in between the movies on Fox Movie Channel and it's just to alert you that there is a movie called Lola Versus that exists in the universe that you can go and see or buy. Coming next month on HBO. And then there's Lola's, a... Lola's a 29-year-old young woman in the city looking for love. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and then you see well, that. Well, they're extra. not like that. But they're, they're interviews with the cast. No, I mean, that's stuff. the voice you would hear. Right. And then here comes the extra. Right. Or this promotional bit. And yeah. then you go, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, and then three hours later, you see one that's a little bit different. Like they, when you sit down in the theater and they show you that thing before yeah, that the theater. boring fucking thing now? Oh, like, my God. Inside look, I think it's called. Yes. Like that. Ugh. That's what they feel like. I hate that shit. I hate that with every fiber of my being. And I like how when you go to the cinema early and you sit there and you are forced to watch Inside Look... 
how they say things at the end of Inside look like. Um, it pays off to come to the theatre early because you get to see a look inside Inception and, and a look inside this. Today, this week or whatever, on Inside Look, uh, DiCaprio at the blah, blah, blah. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Bourne is coming to the... And on TV this week. Then you see all the extra, all the things. And at the end it goes, what did we see yeah. this week? <laughs> we saw Bernadette DiCaprio. In case you and yeah, oh, in like, case you came late and you feel like you missed out on all that shit. <laughs> you didn't get a recap yeah. at the beginning Well, it's like if you turn up just as that's coming out and you go, oh no, I wasn't here 10 minutes early because I couldn't Oh, don't worry. It. It'll, it'll redo again. Well, it'll start over. So, yeah, there's a, actually an audio commentary on here with director... Um, Daryl Ween and actra- actress Zoe Lister-Jones. She also was the co-writer of this movie. So you do get a commentary. I give it that. Because some of these type of movies you get nothing. You might want to watch it and listen to that again. Maybe you'll like it more. And there's also a... It doesn't mention it on the box. But there's the, the character with the big penis in the movie. There's some outtakes of his too. Which he obviously was uh, given ad lib style and outtakes for the other guy oh the one outtake he was given this ad libs he did a lot of ad lib and you see the rest of the ad lib and funnily enough the best parts were in the movie so the Mm -hmm. these seem superfluous and not actually funny um so um in conclusion on this movie uh i don't recommend i I, it's all right if you like her if you're that like i said earlier that age you like things that are set in new york Maybe you'd like it. If you've ever been a woman who's had some relationship problems, (laughs) maybe you'll like it. But maybe as a 44-year-old woman, I look at her and go, are you serious? You're you're whining about having too many men to choose from? And um, I am also a person who likes to be alone. So I I love you very much. I'm speaking to you, my husband. If our marriage were to end, I wouldn't, I would be devastated because of that. I would be fine being alone. I would be like, okay, this. I I would be happy to be alone if that's my, if that's where it goes. These young women, it seems like there has to be a. That's what they're trying to say. Maybe that she's okay. Maybe with the loneliness, but it's not about that. I was so. just about to compare this. The the reason I don't like Woody Allen movies. Oh, I thought about and I, that and too. And I do not like Woody Allen movies. Um, there are not. Me- there are a couple, but in general, Woody Allen movies. You mean um, the talky kinds, really? The sort of... Yeah, I'm thinking... Uh, the one I watched recently was horrendous. It was on um, Stars Free Weekend or something. Horrendous. It, like a, yeah, like a tennis... Um, big busted girl. Oh, I have no idea. What's she called? Who plays Black Widow in the Avengers. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and somebody... Uh, and it's this... It was, and it was a Brody Allen film. But anyway, the, I don't like Woody Allen films in general. And there are a couple of exceptions, but... I always feel like none of the people are real. Mm-hmm. And only he lives amongst those people. Like, there's like ten of those people and he just writes about them. That's the problem. I can't okay. connect. Yeah, yeah. And some people think Woody Allen's the second coming of Christ or whatever. <laughs> and they completely connect with him. But it's a very particular thing and that's the problem here, I think. I'm not the particular thing. Yeah, because I, I, can, I can connect to a variety of characters in movies. Like, absolutely. Like, you can just think of the most extreme types of characters, you know. Superhero movies and alien movies and movies about men. Like, you know, like the, what's it called? Mutiny on the Bounty. And I can still connect to all kinds of people. But when you erase who they are underneath, that's when I... Even a woman. I've been a woman. I've been 29. 
Not been, I've had, still up. No, I mean, I've been a woman. It was yesterday. I've been a woman all my, all my life. Since I was born, I've been I a just woman. had a penis. I had a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, it can happen. Um, and yet there's this... Uh, uh. All right, so enough on um, yeah. Lola uh, versus. Um, if that doesn't sound appealing to everybody, I don't know what does. And on the... Right, as a footnote to it, I kind of enjoyed it in a way, too. Me too. After dogging on it for Me too, minutes. absolutely. So it's weird. It's a fine Saturday but afternoon movie. Yeah, but there's so many other movies which I could recommend to you way ahead of it. Like, So it's hard to, for me to recommend it. So um, thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray contest. Uh, there's some contests on the site. New ones will be occurring this week. If you want to win a Blu-ray copy of The Courier or a DVD copy of Funky Town... Just uh, go to the site, aceglee.com, this week. You will be able to enter for those. Next week's Blu-ray review will be um, Tim Burton's new movie, Dark Shadows, starring Johnny Depp. Um, so, yeah, we'll be looking at that one next week. New- the movie game. What's the movie game? It's not the movie game. It's called Movie... Oh, my God. Movie Memory. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> I wasn't even looking. Movie Memory, one, two, three. This is a game born from a game where we have had lots of time to kill, and we say to one another, hey, name me three movies with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a simple one. All right. Or give me three movies that have boats in them or something like that, and then the other person has to, from their memory, without the Google, without the searching, without the phone, you have to dig up in your mind. You don't have to have seen the movies. But just think of movies that have that those that thing in it. So well, it's your turn, and you say, name three movies that have... Have a character called Lola. Lola. L-O-L-A. This, the, this movie. You can't have Lola versus, though. Hmm. Lola. It doesn't have to be the main character, but there's a character in the movie called Lola. I'm not good at this kind of question. I think it's quite a difficult one, but it's, I think it'll surprise you, and it's a good one. Lola. I know Lilu. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue whatsoever. All right. I'm not going to waste gonna your time. Ki- you're going to kick yourself. Yes. Run, Lola, run. Oh, duh. Kick myself. Transporter 2, the model chick, was Lola. Okay, see, I would never remember that. Okay. Uh, Space Jam, Lola Bunny. Space Jam, the Warner Brothers cartoon with... Um, I never saw it. Did you never see that? Mm-mm. All right, Lola Bunny. And finally, I've got four, if you want four. Yes. Kinky Boots. Chiwetel Ifejanjo, or whatever he's called. He was Lola in that. Oh, right. Um, Chiwetel Ifejanjo. Is that his name? Be respectful. I don't know his name. Figure out how to say his name right. Chiwetel Ifejanjo. That's a good tough one. You don't usually give me tough ones. No, that was a tough one, but a good one, I think. Very good. So, yeah. So next week, the question is going to be, name one movie with a character named Lilu. (laughs) (laughs) So movie recommendations this week. This is where we recommend some movies based on the movie we just watched or just random movies in general or something that you can watch. Uh, I'm going with Garden State, which is a movie like Lola vs. Um, in a way. Mm. It's specific. Very specific kind of... It's not like it. No, but I... You just mean it's people talking in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I connected with it very... And, I, you know, it's just... I listen to the soundtrack all the time, so right now I've got the songs yeah. for The movie's head. amazing. It's an amazing movie. I, I still like it to this day. Um, it feels very of that time because of the music. Yeah. And it has very focused on... It has a very heavy soundtrack. Like, But highly recommended. Natalie Portman and... Um, Written Sidebar. by a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my second one is Greenberg because I really like Greenberg. I like it more the more I think about it, you know? 
Because you identify a little bit more with a dude who's having a bit of an identity I like crisis. Ben Stiller's performance in it. I think it's not your usual... It's up his ass, let's be honest. However, there are moments when you can With go... him and Greta Gerwig in that movie, <laughs> there are moments... It... It's like movie magic, but the kind where you want to cover your eyes. Yeah. Because it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's really... But it's really... magic. It's like movie magic. You can't help it. Yeah. So, yeah, I recommend those two to you. Um, yeah, Greenberg and Garden State and you. I will recommend Bridget Jones, which we've mentioned. Both Bridget Jones movies are just the one. Just the first one. Because I think if you're looking for a movie to sit on the couch with something to snack on, could be muesli, I don't care, and to sort of connect with the feeling that, you know, the universe under, someone in the universe understands you when it comes to men or your feelings about yourself, um, I sound really, like pretentious about that but it's true you can watch this movie cover up with your blanket and you kind of connect you hook into it and it's funny and i re- i recommend that i would set instead it al- of this i would one. set it alongside love actually in like a true yeah it's the same kind of vibe like. yeah go with bridget jones first then you're gonna feel sorry for your own self and feel good about yourself and then feel inspired and then do love actually to where you realize love comes in all forms all kinds of ways and then what would be a... What's a powerhouse movie to fill in that trilogy? Of that kind of, of a elk. Feeling good about your relationship and yourself. See? That's a tough one to round off. But my other one is Mary Tyler Moore. The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Because this is about a woman who is 30 in the beginning. It starts with her as a single 30-year-old woman. And she's, you know, trying to make her way in the world. Getting a job. Having a career. She dates different men. She doesn't seek out or want actively trying to have children or get a husband. They do mention it a lot more in the first few seasons, but as it goes on, it's it's really about and there are, there are moments that get really serious where she's explained to someone how it is lonely sometimes to be my age and I don't have someone at home and I don't have children and kind of tangles with all those things and I think it's an awful lot of hours if you want to watch the whole thing like I am, but if you want to talk about being a woman and trying to connect, yes, she's the perky, beautiful cheerleader, blah, 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 she was. And they make fun of that a lot. And it also peels back to where you realize, well, she's going to have weaknesses and self-doubt just like everybody else. And it makes her more sympathetic, you know. So I think that's a good one, too. In bulk, you got to start at episode one and go all the way through season seven. Though. They're yeah, all commit. on DVD. No. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm watching, I'm on season six, and it's a progression, it's full of, these are the shows that molded me, I can't deny it. These are the shows that molded me as a person, and these are the women that I watched and that absorbed into my brain somehow, Rhoda, Phyllis, Mary Tyler Moore, it sounds ridiculous, because they're fictional, I get it, but there's something there. So there are some women who watch Lola Verses, and the same woman that molds them. Sure. Absolutely. There could be a 22-year-old woman who's not at Who the, that age that, yet right? and goes, oh, right, maybe I need to get my shit together now and be happy with myself. So the message I... of getting your shit together is obviously a good message. <laughs> but Get your shit together and, uh, you know, be happy with what you got before you go, you know, seeking out happiness from other people, I guess, is the thing. But those are my recommendations. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff. This week, a massive game came out, Borderlands 2. I've only played about... I would say an hour of it. And what I can say so far is it's very similar to Borderlands. I hate it when people call it Borderlands 1. 
Because it isn't called Borderlands 1, is it? They don't bring out... It's like, it's Godfather 1. Yeah, they don't bring out a movie and say, Godfather 1. Aliens 1. Alien 1. Yeah, so it's just... Star Wars 1. It's just, well, that one does... That's true. That one does apply. But yeah, it's the sequel to Borderlands, which was a couple of years ago. Three years ago, I believe. And from so far, it's the same thing. That's a good thing, though. Because it's a good game. What's that thing? Well, the thing is, it's a first-person shooter with an emphasis on loot, which is a thing that RPGs brought to the mix. And in a first-person shooter, you generally choose a gun and then shoot people with it. Well, in this game, guns are in the world. You find them, they drop on people, you pick them up, and there's always a better gun around the corner the entire game. Like, it might just zoom in a little bit more, or be a bit more powerful, or set people on fire, or, you know, the gun get gets better as you go. So that's the... What do you call that? The, the hook? The hook, the fish on the hook that keeps you coming through, because you're like, oh, just around the corner, there might be a better one. So they do that really well. And I'm not out of the tutorial area yet, and it takes about two hours to get out of the tutorial area, but I've played tons of Borderlands. But it looks the same. It's the same planet... But there are new locations this time that you do visit. Uh, they've changed the characters slightly. They're, they're new characters. In fact, the characters you played in the first game are not the characters you play in the second game. They run alongside... You'll, you'll encounter them throughout the quest. So the girl you played in the first one, you will see her at times in when you're playing as this new person. So they've done that, which is interesting, because maybe you can... It doesn't sound like you're totally into it. Well, I've only played an hour, so I can't... I mean, I am totally into it. I love Borderlands. I think it's a really fantastic game. Um, but the whole crux of it is to play it co-op with a friend. Right. So I will be playing it co-op with a friend. Um, and that's the way to play it. That's how you get the most out of it. It's not really a game to play on your own. So, um, yes, I am really into it. It's probably going to be one of the best games of the year. Um I just have to get more into it. It's going to be huge, like an 80-hour game or something. So it's definitely going to be a value-for-money game. And if you like the original, it's the original again. What but with all, is it on? But with all new stuff. What's what? it on? It's on everything. PC, what are you 360. Playing it on? At the moment, 360. I might end up playing the PC version, though. Because we played the P- We Well, we actually played the 360 version of the original and then switched to the PC version because it was better. Because the PC version looks better. So I might end up playing it on PC, but you never know. Secondly, uh, Formula One 2012 came out this week, which is Codemasters Formula One game. If you follow Formula One at all, you've already bought this game. But it's a racing game, obviously. Follows the Formula One um, 2012 uh, circuit. You become a driver, you go through a career. It's very uh, sim-like. It's not a arcade game. You learn about the cars. You have to learn how to drive them. Did you, you know Formula One racing? It's really interesting. I know all about this, but is it really? Yeah, it is really. Like, <laughs> um, there's new rules been put into Formula One in recent years, where and it's really complicated. Formula One. You might look at it and go, "Well, they're the cars going round circuits, right?" And somebody wins. Well, there are now these new rules. There are des- designated zones within a circuit where you can activate something called DRS on your car, which is like this high-tech, super-duper thing that's been added to Formula One cars that makes you go faster, almost like a turbo boost. 
And you can use it within certain areas of the track. When the DRS light shows, you can use it. When it goes Are you talking off, about in real life here? Are you talking about in the game? In real life. Really? Yeah. It's, it's amazing, right? So there are certain zones on a Formula One track where you can activate this thing that makes you go 20% faster than you normally do. And these cars go 250 mile an hour, 220, 230 mile an hour. You can all of a sudden go 20% faster than that. And when you get out of these zones, you have to turn it off. You can be disqualified for using it in the wrong places. So there's a whole layer of strategy. And plus, the DRS thing in your car only works for a certain amount of time. It's like it's like a tank of... How much strategy involved if you can only use it in certain places? Well, the strategy is, do you use it on the first lap or do you use it on the oh, 150th yeah. lap? You know, they have a lot of laps on these races. You have a tank of it. It could be the thing that wins you the race. It could be the thing that gets you past a certain driver who doesn't have any left. So there's this whole strategy added on top of Formula One, which is used to just be cars going around a track and winning, you know. But now it's there's this new thing. This thing is implemented into the game really well now, you know. And in, in the game, it's obviously a game mechanic. You can hold a button down, and it's it does it. But the the game's so sim like. If you use it in the wrong place, they wave a flag at you, and you're disqualified, or you're maybe you're not disqualified. Maybe. Um, you cannot overtake somebody for the next 10 seconds, which could lose you the race, you know. So all that stuff's built into the game. It's got this career mode where you can manage your driver and go out and do the qualifying laps. And So if you love Formula 1, I think you'll love it. It's made by the people who make, like, Dirt oh. and uh, all the Codemasters racing games. So it looks amazing. They always really pay a lot of attention. You know, when it rains in this game, it looks like real rain. It's all over the screen and all on your drivers. Um, I recommend it. It's very difficult. You've got to be really into driving games. Um, because driving one of those cars is no joke. They go from like 0 to 200 mile an hour in like a 10 second, No, 5 seconds. And then they'll break as quick as that. So it's no joke. You've got to be really on the ball all the time. In fact, it's very stressful. 0 to 200 in 10 seconds. Less than 10 seconds. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Just asking. They're like... You've seen. I thought zero to sixty was the the measure. Yeah, but these get these go to. Well, I think they go two hundred and thirty mile an hour top end. So when they're going down a straight, they're going at two hundred and thirty mile an hour, which is insane to start with. Plus, these cars are like an inch off the ground, yeah. and they've there's basically no body. They're it's lightweight. Just wheels yeah. on a you know it's so it's 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 a crazy. They're covered spot. by a thin shell, just like the characters in the movie we just watched. Correct. So Formula <laughs> to One, bring it all back home. Formula One 2012, Codemasters. It's out on PC, Xbox, PS3. You can get it anywhere. Um, finally, I bought some art this week. I don't buy much art, and I don't even know if it's, it is art because I didn't buy like an original. I just bought a print. This is an art print, yeah, an right. official from a art gallery, print. yeah. Um, so I, I saw this um, art. I don't even know where I saw it. iFilm, I think maybe somebody said, "Oh, somebody's done some." It's a Wonder Woman um, painting. I didn't look. It, I think it might be a painting, or it's pastels or something. I don't know. Anyway, art 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 master. <laughs> it's a print of the original. Anyway, but um, it's Wonder Woman pulling a funny face. And I saw it, and it just appealed to me in some way. I, I like superheroes. That's how art does it. You could you? never say to me, I would never have said to you, oh yeah, I'll buy, I'm going to buy a Wonder Woman picture. Because just something about it. I mean, she's, it's, yeah, yeah, you'd have to see it. She's pulling her eyes, like a kid does, where they just pull their eyes kind of funny. 
and it's obviously Wonder Woman doing that. So um, I got it from it's from an art gallery. That I'm having it sent. It was like only twenty dollars. What's the artist's name? Laura Zombie. Laura Zombie. You can go to www.laurazombie.com. You can't buy this print anymore because it was uh, limited to a hundred, and they went pretty much instantly. But she does have others. She signs them herself, and you've corresponded with her. It was signed at this gallery that she was selling them to, I guess. Um, she's semi-famous in some way. Because when I went to... Um, you remember, you know Jello Skins? Where, I mean, she's popular amongst you know, the people this, who are into that. Yeah, you know when I have the skin for my laptop, Jello Skins. The one mm-hmm. on my uh, netbook of the like tattooed lady kind of thing. She, there's Jello Skins of her work, you know. So she's out there, if you know what I'm saying. So... And she's got a um, coffee table book just released with all her art in it, like a 2012 thing. So you can go and look her up. But yeah, it's a cool picture and I'm um, looking forward to it. Going to get a frame, put it in it. So support uh, artists. I will be buying a piece of art tomorrow as well. Because as I was looking at Etsy, thinking of putting my stuff back on there, I found, I looked at local artists. I tried to shop, see who's new in this area on there. And I found a woman who quilts, hand quilts, like art quilts basically they're about three feet by three feet and it's a woman's face she had a whole bunch of different kinds and it's exactly the kind of it's hard to describe graphic face that i like and so tomorrow i will be buying it from her in person oh you go into her house no no she's gonna come by my work when i get done Cool. Because she lives in this town. And she'll bring one. She will bring it and I will buy it from her. And it's the same thing. And then like last week when, or week before last when I went out of town and went to Kansas City and was with my niece and her husband. And we were walking around an art fair there. You know, Kansas City art festival thing. Uh, he's my nephew now, I guess. Nephew-in-law. He saw a big Punisher a logo. Thing. Yeah, it's a Punisher logo. And as we got closer to this guy's booth... Everything he did was with either nails or screws or other kind of found objects, tools and whatnot. Most of them were nails that he's hammered in only to a certain depth and all smushed together, like thousands of them, so that it looks like scales or something, like the metal, the nail heads make the image. And he just, just like it happens to you, he locked into it, you know, like, uh, I have to have it. And then he, he bought it. And it's like you can't even... My theory is with buying art is if I'm at a gallery or a little shop, it could be anything. I have a thing in the kitchen now that I bought. It was like $35 and I saw it when I first walked in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like that. But no, no, no. I'm going to look at everything else. Just walk around for an hour, hour and a half. And if it's still on my mind, like I, there's something that's drawing me back to that thing. I just will get it unless it's like thousands of dollars or something, which I refuse to do. But art is very indescribable, isn't it? That feeling. And everybody likes it in some way, shape or form. We're all drawn to some art. It could be that you love comic books or you love. Oh, some people say art, but I think they're not thinking that everything they're looking at is art. Anything that's designed or, you know, even anything that people I mean some would argue some people don't like functional things some people think it has to have meaning there's all different schools of thinking but if you just boil it down to somebody sat down somebody sat down and drew that and then they made it or they created or they made a sculpture of it or they did an action figure of it or they put it on a can of dusting spray as I look around the room or they made a logo for a printer company those things all started in somebody's mind as a shape and a line and a design and whether you want to call it art or not it's the 
it's the thing that populates everything we look at. Unless you live on a mountain and all you see is nature. Or you're blind. Some could argue that God was the artist that designed that mountain. But or that you're blind. Yes. Okay. I mean, we're a visual creature. Yeah. If, unless you're blind. So everybody likes or some in fact advertising plays on that fact Absolutely. Uh, that maybe you like that maybe people yeah. like that picture on the front of Lola versus because yeah why? or if they'd put that image you bought on a t-shirt or on a product or even as the cover of the DVD for all of Wonder Woman's seasons or something it might be the thing that makes you go oh I want that and that's tricking you of course but it's hard to describe. And I make my own drawings and stuff, and so I have a hard time buying other people's art. But every once in a while, I snap it up. So, uh, Sinto, what's for dinner? Leftover lasagna. And this creamy chocolate pie that I found a recipe for from punk, post-punk kitchen, vegan. Um, this one isn't vegan because the cookies that I ground up, you had leftover cookies. And I ground them up really small. They weren't they really leftover. I had a lot of cookies, but you just smashed them all up. Well, they've been around for a while. <laughs> Two weeks. So oh, I decided I didn't have any graham crackers and I didn't have any Oreos and I wanted a crust you underneath it. actually make it. a good crust. I wanted to make fantastic crust. But I would like in the future to make it without any eggs or anything as, as well. But this the, the, the fluff of it is just almond milk and uh, raw plain cocoa powder, some raw sugar, some vanilla. I put almond extract in it because I didn't have any vanilla. Um, cornstarch. Or you can also use agar. 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 Whatever it's called. There's a recipe that includes that as well. This recipe doesn't. You cook it. You boil it. Stir it up until it's nice and getting thick. Pour it in the crust. Put it in the fridge. I actually also put the non-vegan Cool Whip on top of it. Which I so can do with it. Well, it's on the whole thing now, but... You... I can scrape it off. <laughs> no! Well, if you scrape it off, give it to me. I don't like it so much. <gasps> I love it. In fact, I would take half the pie and whip it up with the Cool Whip. <laughs> <laughs> but it's re- it's like so satisfying to me. I have a thing. My cravings for, for food are creamy things, whether it's savory and a nice fettuccine sauce, you know, Alfredo, or a creamy dessert. And Ugh. salt. And salt, yes. I think that's... Really? Sweet and salt. No. Not the sweet salt. part. The creamy foods. I love creamy sauces and creamy desserts and creamy cheesecakes and fluffy frostings and anything that's just nice and it's really satisfying. I think the ones that have lots of fat are more satisfying, but this particular pie stuff won't have a lot of fat. It's just almond milk, so whatever that has in it. And then um, that's it. I'll make a vegetable of some kind to go with it. All right. So ad- advice before we leave? Uh, I can tell, you know... It's really interesting. Our podcasts are longer if we love the movie or we hate the movie. We didn't hate I, it. We don't hate it. Or we've got... Yep. We have a lot to say. I always If say it's that. middle, if it's like we're just satisfied by it, it's hard to come up with stuff to Absolutely. say. So, I yeah, agree. It's- My uh, advice is... And I won't even extrapolate. I won't even expand on it. Separate how you feel from why you feel it. And, and with that, <laughs> that's it. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. I'll remind you about oh, websites. just so you know, the tea that I tasted at the beginning of this podcast is absolutely delicious. You convinced me the other day to get a sampler box of I forget the brand, but um, it has a variety. Now you smelled it. What did you think it was? Raspberry. It smelled like to me. Raspberry. The little envelope is blue. It is Stash. Is the brand, and they make a lot. Of, it's a caffeine free, and it is blueberry superfruit. 
caffeine free. Blueberry. And it's Tisan Bluet Superfruit. I was close. Raspberry and blueberry. You were close. But it's absolutely delicious. I put one teaspoon of the raw sugar in there. So that it's, was a good choice then. That one is. And like you you convinced me. It's got nine different kinds. So yeah. every week I'll try a new one. But this is called Stash Premium Teas. Non-caffeine. Absolutely satisfying. You know what it smells like? I'm looking like? forward to another one. It smells you, amazing. You just uh, made it, it and, and sat it on the uh, there. It smelled like it was an air freshener in the room. Yeah. Nice. Like... And then when you drink it, it tastes as good as it smells. Like, um, I hate air fresheners because I can almost taste the chemicals. That smelled like an air freshener, but without that. And when, so. if I, when I drank it, it tasted like it smelled, which right. is very satisfying. So, All right, so I want to remind you about the website. It's aschoolie.com, sitso.com, catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the RSS Music, the RSS Music, the RSS feed on uh, aschoolie.com. Or the Zoom Marketplace, soon to be, what are they going to call it? Windows 8 Marketplace? I don't know. It's not going to be Zoom, is it? Um, and what happens when the Zoom thing goes? What happens do, to my people, little Zoom? How do the Zoom people get our podcast? I mean, how do the people... Do they? I think I'm the only one. <laughs> I have a Zoom. I love my Zoom. Do I remove it's the Zoom? It's thin, it's, skilly, it's lightweight, it's easy to navigate, it sounds great. So if email feedback to me at com, especially if you know where to find cheap laptop batteries. Don't email SidTalk. And finally, stay classy, Greta Gerwig. Looking forward to seeing you again. I do like you a lot. This movie just wasn't my cup of tea. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 